0: You're listening to the Practically Pastoring Podcast, where we want to help pastors and church leaders share ideas, become better shepherds and leaders, and have a good time with friends.
1: Welcome to the Practically Pastoring Podcast. My name is Frank, and I'm here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, surrounded by my friends from across the country. Up in Baltimore, Maryland, we got Jeffrey Simpson. Hey, hey. Down in Sumter, South Carolina, with a good backlight. I like the backlight. It, it, it makes you have like a good outline. We got Dummar Pete.
0: Howdy ho. Getting that background uh,
1: separation.
2: The, nice. Yeah, down
1: in the morning after Ministry Studios, wearing his infamous tie. We got Andrew Larson.
3: Greetings,
1: salutations, one and all. Next to him, wearing his one of three outfits, we got Timothy Miller. It's, it's got to be a Duval. You know the drill. <laughs> well, guys, it's good to see you. This is post-Thanksgiving. We've all had our fill of turkey, maybe ham, stuffing, mashed potatoes, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if you had a post-Thanksgiving dip in your attendance or not. How, you know, church, you know, on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, it could either be well-attended or it could be dipping. But we are now... Headstrong into Advent season, into Christmas, into December. So, you know, only, only, you know, less, you know, this year's almost over. And that's what I'm trying to say. And with this year almost over, one thing I realized today is that we have 940 people in our Facebook group. 940. That's super cool. We are 60 people away. From a thousand, we are we one are...
2: average Sunday's attendance at my church away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we are uh, fourteen thousand 60, people Jeff? away.
3: <laughs> yeah, listen, I get yeah. it. We Jeff and I speak a different language than you guys do. Yeah, we, dude. We uh, you know.
2: Frank passes sixty people in one row to get water at the back of his sanctuary. <laughs> there you
1: go. <laughs> that was a deep cut. Dang. Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! All right, we got it. We got it. All right. Well, hey, uh, our Facebook group. If you have a friend who, uh, who's a ministry, is a pastor, who's listening, who, who you can share this podcast with, but also wants to be. In fact, I was in the other Facebook group that we often pull questions from, but we don't necessarily point people to. Um, one of the questions was, uh, "Why is it so hard for me as a pastor?" to find friends with other pastors. And I wanted to so selfishly post our Facebook group. It's like, it's not hard here. Go to Practically Pastor. Our Facebook group is great. Um, Go join our Facebook group. It might be hard
2: for most of the people in that group, though. (laughs) (laughs) True.
4: I I wasn't going to say that, Jeff.
3: (laughs) I'm only in that group because I was
2: added by a friend who is now questionable.
0: Same. (laughs) But now I can't leave. It's uh, it's you can't leave because <laughs> it's, the drama is, is so addicting. It's, it's so man, it's like
3: staring at a car wreck. It's like yeah. if
0: middle school grew up and became pastors. <laughs>
3: <Wow>. We should. not <laughs> <That's laughs> know. it's, like, I wanna... no, no. it's I... like if homeschool middle school. Grew yeah. <laughs> yeah, I almost want to like I say which apparently most of them have. Yeah, that's, the, that's I want to do matter. like a
1: survey, like if people can guess Seminary, what Facebook group we're Seminary about. of mom. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Hey, so I, I, I do you know Andrew a pastor,
0: his who- his wife is in I did not know there are like these secret pastor wives group on Facebook too. And they send us screenshots of stuff. Those groups are wild. It's like Jersey Shore meets pastors. It's wild. <laughs> it is wild. That's a funny that's a funny
1: picture. That's a funny picture <laughs> thinking about that. That is dude like well, Jersey anyways. Shore Ministry Edition.
2: Dude, I just want to see the, like, what do they call those? The little cutaway interviews they do in those shows where the one person, you know? (laughs) The floating head, the the floating head. Oh, yeah, that would be classic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we got two questions. All the questions today are from our practically pastoring Facebook group. Some of them were anonymous. Some of them were not. So with that being said, Andrew, however you answer this, remember you're answering this to people that are actually in our Facebook group, Andrew. Not not like strangers. Some of them are our friends, man. So, <laughs> all right. Andrew's not even listening. He's like probably ordering Chick-fil-A or something. Yeah, he's right, looking so... up their real estate right now.
2: I'm
3: telling a story <laughs> about pooping in the woods. It's a terrible tell.
2: story. You need to stop. He's on Zillow looking up the person who has this question's house value.
4: <laughs> and his wife's...
1: He's his looking up his wife's LinkedIn account right yeah, now. <laughs> right now. <Yes.
3: laughs> I'm figure right. out where they went to school to see why they're so stupid. <laughs> oh God! Not this question. I'm just general things up. All right, let's go wow. into question I like a full one. Picture of the person that we're talking about. Again, not
1: this person. <laughs> <laughs> question one: People get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of my church services all the time. I get it. I feel like it happens a lot at my church, and it's getting really distracting. I'm not the world's best preacher, but I don't think my sermons are actively boring. I'm not quite ready to tell well, grown men and women and parents of kids who get up twice during the service to stop it. But I'm open to your creative kind ideas. All right. So first question I have for you guys is, do you have a lot of people who get up in your service and like move to go to the bathroom or to step out a lot in your services? And then two, if you do, uh, do you ever like say anything? Uh, and, and, and he didn't ask this question or she actually, I don't remember who wrote this question. Whoever asked this question, didn't ask this part. Um, Do you have a lot of crying babies in your services? And if you do, does it ever get to the point where it's so distracting that, like, you, like, need to say something or does someone say something for you? Okay, are we talking about
2: specifically in
1: the sermon? It sounds like it's specifically in the sermon is what we're talking about. Because if we're talking about
2: before the sermon, my church can be a little bit of a circus. We have all the kids in with us. (laughs) And I've shown you guys the security tape or the, the, the ring camera videos of my daughter. And live stream <laughs> videos of my daughter yelling things out. The kids are wild. and like, <laughs> But I've had multiple older people tell me I love having the kids in here. Don't you dare ever, like, not have them in here because we like it. I'm like, okay, because yeah. I'm struggling up here.
3: Same. We, we, have, <laughs> we have some babies that sit through the whole service because mom and dad aren't ready for them to be in the nursery yet. And we have the, you know, anybody older than three or four. Um, in for the first couple songs and called worship and things like that. So it is, we, we will literally have 10 different decades of human life represented in our congregation. Um, so it is, it's distracting in the best possible way.
0: It's, it's, as long as it's kind of like evened out, I preached at my, my home church I grew up in. They had their 150th homecoming the other week. And I was one of their preachers there and there was there was no childcare because the church is so small, you know, and someone's baby just went off. I can usually preach like over a baby, but like what do you do when it's just like blood curdling? I just had to like embrace the noise. You know what I'm saying? You just have to like embrace it and keep going. And just eventually after about like six, to eight minutes, the parent took their child out and you can see like visible relief in the other people's faces. <laughs> but you can't really stop, especially when you're the guest preacher. How I mean, that could come across super in such a way, you know.
2: I feel like there is a and I, we're kind of straying from the actual question, but when it comes to kids noise and like baby noise and even phone noise or other things, there's almost like an intuitive level and you just only learn this by actually preaching in front of a group of people where you ignore up to a certain point, And then there's like a level of distraction where you kind of have to name it. And if it's like a, a kid, many times I will name it and like kind of give permission, like, Hey parents, we hear it too. You know, I have kids. It's cool. Mm-hmm. If you want to take them out, you can, if you don't want to take them out, you don't have to. So I've found that sometimes younger parents in my church, almost like when I finally gave them permission, to get up and leave they were like oh my gosh thank you i mm-hmm. i felt like obligated to stay here and try to keep them quiet and i was embarrassed but when you said it's fine oh, that's good um, word. you know so but that if you're a guest speaker that could come across like i'm god's man how dare you be loud <laughs> and you don't want to do that either <laughs> yeah. okay so back to the like getting up pp in the bathroom in church, yeah. number yeah. one are you sure they're going to the bathroom maybe they're going well, out to have a smoke two... <laughs> do you know this <laughs> number two <laughs> that was funny
3: tim. yeah
0: good one tim um, you know, and, here, here's, the way, here's the way you figure that out. You go on Amazon and you order bathroom temporary out of order signs, and during the service nice. you hang them on the door. And if they keep going out, you know they're not going in there.
2: Nice. Yeah, I'd want to know if they're really could, in the bathroom. I'd really want. I'd want to know bit. if they're really in the bathroom because oh, yeah. there were kids in my church that for a while would would leave the service and go make TikTok videos in another room. Mm. <laughs> which was pretty, we didn't, we found, I know I found out like weeks later because I, somebody showed me the videos. I mean, you know, the dance moves were pretty good, but that's not what we're there to do. Um, I just think you're just going to have to like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like you're just going to have to push through it and preach.
0: Well, can I ask a question? W- would there ever be push in your guys' ministry, would, it, it would there would there ever be a point where you're like, you have to, what would, what would it have to come to for you guys to address it? and And how would you do it? Or would you never touch that subject?
2: Well, I definitely wouldn't touch that subject. And (laughs) I think if, you know, you're going to have to just tell people to squeeze one out and get back in there as quick as they can.
3: (laughs) We don't, we don't have a lobby or anything. So it's our, our bathrooms are just in the back of the worship center. So uh, we just did a, a renovation project about a year ago and we have these like super flusher toilets that will never clog and the bathroom nice. doors are the hollow, you know, uh beehive material. <laughs> and so they don't hold a lot of sound in. And so I'll be mid sermon and you'll hear this city water pressure. Whoosh, whoosh of a flush. So uh, nice. I would recommend getting those very, very powerful flushers that everybody hears. So that way, whoever gets mm. up to go to the bathroom, uh, knows that everybody is hearing them flush, and that seemed to have a pretty decent impact. No, for that's us. A social good idea. shaming. It's, I like it. It's
4: not a bad idea. I, I, in fifth grade, I was we were in portables, and our bathrooms were in the portables, Ooh. and I would hold it all day long because I knew you knew. It sounded like I was in the shower someone if would I went to the you. bathroom. Yeah, I I think we could argue at Lakeview Church that we might be we might have the most distracting worship center of all time, just with with it surrounded by glass. If you have someone just walking the property, if you have. Alligators, alligators, squirrels, turkeys, turkeys deer. deer.
3: It's that was impressive. <laughs> there's a lot of wildlife. That was very we, synchronized.
4: We we do have we do have the the, the babies babbling. And have crying. you had
3: people walk
1: behind the sanctuary uh, oh, yeah, during like, the like with before? fishing poles and stuff mid-sermon? Yeah. <laughs> I we had, I mean <laughs> you know
2: you know fantastic pranks just popped into my head right.
4: Oh <laughs> sure. wow! Y'all, let's. I'm gonna be. We can do it together. Like I'm gonna be
1: in town like February. A, Big yeah, Big I'm gonna do it <laughs> and
4: walk behind me.
3: <laughs> I was just gonna go in a speedo, but that's funnier—the bigfoot costume.
4: The bigfoot. You have security guys, all right? I'd be afraid.
3: Well, we do me. have security
4: what? that stopped someone from walking behind me while I was preaching outside, like three weeks ago. Like, just had to go. Hey, this is a building surrounded by glass. It's very distracting for you to be walking around mid-sermon. And this is not a public park.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, what? What if it is like a very situational thing? Like, say every sermon this one student gets up and leaves every single sermon he gets up and leaves do you go talk to the parent i mean what do you i mean where's the line i guess is where i'm kind of if if
2: somebody's getting up every and i've done this if somebody's getting up every time during the same spot i have asked them hey i've just noticed out of the corner of my eye see you get up is there something going on and one person told me they it was like some medical thing they had to take medication or yeah I think it was like a diabetic thing. They had to go, you know, use insulin or something like that. So it could be that if it's a bunch of people, um, I you know, it's going to be difficult. I If I was him, not to make yourself distracted more, but maybe try to make a mental note of like, is it the exact same time? Mm. Like, are they getting up, you know, for services at 1045, are they getting up at 1115 every time? Or is it a different moment in the service? I mean, there's, a, you know, younger teenagers are going to do this just because they get bored. <laughs> um and they want an excuse to go look at their phone or whatever so but i mean yeah i wouldn't be telling grown men and women that they can't go to the bathroom during your sermon that's that's a tough spot to be
3: mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. can get up during the song before the sermon of like hey if uh anyone's planning on going tinkle during the sermon Now's the chance during the special Now's your music time. Everyone else is yeah. Ter- while everyone's getting their heart right, you get your tummy right, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then there you go. Be able to to sit through it for the next thirty four minutes.
2: I mean, you could I, honestly that could be a strategy. Is like make us. Yeah. I mean, in my church, we do a greeting time, but I put like a two minute countdown clock on the screen. It's not a bad idea. So if you did something like that, you could make a joke out of it. Like, hey, you know, we're gonna greet for the next couple minutes. If you got to go to the bathroom or get another coffee. Now it's your time, you know. Yeah, nothing like passive aggressive
4: from the pulpit. I, yeah, I think there's a tolerance level here from from whoever's asking this question. Like, what what is your tolerance level of distractions in service? Uh, my my microphone went a little haphazard yesterday. The the countryman cord was pinched behind my behind my neck, and so oh. if I turned a certain way, it would pop, and I couldn't adjust it mid sermon. So I saw our one of our sound guys. He had the handheld ready. He just held it in his hand. As my microphone was popping continuously for almost six minutes, and I should have stopped and said, just hand me the microphone like he was nervous to approach me with the microphone. Finally, he did. But I'm guessing that was one of those moments where I should have just been like, Yep, hey, I'll take that mic now. And I just I I tried to power through and it was it was it was awkward.
2: Yeah, you it, could it, just do what Andrew does and wear the cord in front of you while you sit, and then it Never won't move. Never gets
3: pinched. Never gets pinched. But <laughs> it tangles <laughs> when, I try, when I try to pull out. Angle. When I try to pull out the pack to turn it on while I'm sitting down in jeans, drop that's it. always a tricky thing. Like <clears throat> I got to like, suck it in. To just put the to...
2: pack in your front chest pocket. I, sh- that's I mean, the cord's idea, already yeah. there. Just
3: throw you it can there. get away
0: from it, dude. You can get away with yeah. that easy.
3: That's a great idea. I think this is a situation where. You hope that the culture is going to change, but maybe talk to a few other people in the church and say, hey, can you help me do a job of setting this culture? So if it's if someone even ask, and walking, do they notice
2: it? You yeah, know, it, well, so
3: that's that thing because you're the only one looking out at the congregation. If someone's right. getting out from the third row from the back and they're getting out on the sides, nobody else is recognizing if they're walking up the center aisle from the third row from the front, that's a different thing. So I would I would ask some people to you know, help set the culture for you. Hey, I want you to come and I want you to sit up front and be engaged and sing loud and stay for the whole service. And what gets celebrated gets duplicated and maybe you can set the culture that way. But calling people out for going to the bathroom is not going to win you any friends or favors, I don't think.
4: I like the idea of talking to multiple people because for me, as long as it's only me that's distracted, I can power through. Yeah, But if, if there are others in the congregation that are noticeably distracted during a really important moment then it's like okay let's have this conversation but if it's just
3: and if it's distracting you from your preaching then maybe this is time to start manuscripting oof. if you're trying to follow an outline and you're losing Ooh. your, your uh, train of thought
4: 100
3: agree you know because we have babies we have a glass back window we yeah. have community yoga happening 100 yards away so we have all kinds of nonsense happening um within my line of sight
4: andrew's and, covenant eyes is going off mid-sermon and
3: thank goodness <laughs> i have uh a manuscript in front of me because i'm never more than two sentences away from being back on track yep totally agree
0: or maybe you could just do that uh, sermon series about going to go where you know where saul went into the cave to relieve himself and david was in there and say listen god could take you out and he has every right to take you out (laughs) yeah pissing on the wall there (laughs) do a whole passive aggressive series about restroom breaks Yep, gone bad should definitely not i think
1: that's a good time for a transition. Hey, In all honesty, Andrew's
2: question. Andrews' advice about getting other people. What I meant was ask some other trusted people in your congregation if they see the same thing. Because you might be, like, if they go, no, nobody's, what are you talking about? I'm Like, if they watch it for a couple of weeks or a month, and they're like, only two people get up once in a while, then maybe you're just, like, overly distracted by it. Exactly. Maybe because he said, I feel like it happens a ton. Does it actually happen a ton, or are you just maybe newer at preaching and it really distracts you a lot? And you're just going to have to like power through that. I mean, if you want so the
4: best advice, it would be go preach in youth ministry for six months. Yep. You will have the most distractions ever, and you'll be ready to preach to adults for the rest of your life.
3: There, well, Dude, you got to just power through youth fight ministry. while you're preaching. Yep. It's normal. Yep. Pillow fight. Someone's making out whatever. It's fine. I've seen that. Well, yep, I'm
1: Normal day. day ministry in the anymore. Group. Group. Tim yeah.
3: had people leave his youth group to go to the bathroom. Uh, to shower together, so well, that was during Yikes. small groups. It wasn't
4: during the sermon, and yeah, I caught them in the shower together. Hmm. Wow! Trying to make All a right. New
3: small question group. number. <laughs>
1: question number two. Trying to uh, young guy in him in the back of the family system. ministry, making uh, a family. Y- young guy in your congregation wants to meet with you regularly for discipleship. It starts. What is that? sorry?
0: That was my phone going off. <laughs> that had to be Dell. Had bunga. <laughs> Had to yeah. be Dell. Sorry, that was my phone. If
2: we right. hear something, yell Duval. We'll know it's Tim. Yeah,
1: we'll know it's Tim. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me start over. Young guy in our congregation wants to meet with you regularly for discipleship. It starts off well. You're walking through the book of a Bible, uh, keeping accountability. But after a while, it starts to lose focus. He's still often has great questions about life and faith, but you want to keep things on track and be more intentional in helping him grow. What questions would you ask to create good conversations about discipleship? What resources would you use to help keep this time focused? What do you guys think?
2: There's so many, like this is so ambiguous of a question. I have so many questions about this question. I kind of think I understand what, he, what what this person's getting at. I mean, my first reaction is just find a um, a, a program or a system to work through. Spe- you know, together. Don't try to. It sounds like it's you're just trying to come up with new ideas every week. Um, you read. You meet regularly for discipleship. We'll go through something on prayer. Go through something on. I would just focus on spiritual formation, um, and you know, creating practices for this person and you walking with it. You know, I, it sounds like it's kind of haphazard, but um, you're walking through a book of the Bible, keeping accountability, but it starts to lose focus. I, I mean, just you got to just keep going. That's just discipleship. It's not always exciting.
3: Find things to do with him. It doesn't have to be a study. It could just be, hey, this is what it looks like to do life. I've got a wife and kids. You don't. Here's what it looks like for me to be a husband and a dad. Um, I think so often we think of discipleship as counseling and, hey, this person is coming to meet with me. But in any counseling relationship, you set up from the beginning, hey, why are you here? Is this going to be an ongoing thing that lasts forever, or is this like a one problem thing that we're going to solve? So go through mere Christianity, crazy love, whatever the book de jour is that people are going through with people that they're discipling. But if it's going to be an ongoing discipleship process, it's not the same as open-ended counseling. Find a thing that you're working through, um, and other than that, discipleship is doing life with that person. Bring them along as you do whatever it is that you're doing. You don't need to always have an agenda to meet with somebody. Yeah, I don't think it has to be so spiritual every time you hang out with somebody. It sounds like this guy might just
4: want to hang out sometimes. I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's like— Play disc golf— yeah, but play you know, Call of Duty online. Even as parents, like it's not our job to always be looking for that teachable moment every single second with our kids. Sometimes we just want to like be with them and hang out with them. And I think, I think we need to have we need like have it. I don't know, like in our brains that it doesn't have to be super spiritual every moment of every day to to see fruit and to see, you know, actual progress in the process. But I get it. I, and I, I, I think this guy seems... Yeah, he seems like he's trying to
0: – he wants to make sure he's stewarding his his time and his schedule well, and I think, you know, it doesn't seem like he doesn't want to be with this guy. He just wants to make sure it's fruitful. I kind of go to Andrew, and I would just – I would say clearly, y'all need to have a session where you clarify goals together. Hey, we're meeting I, – I love this, but also, like, what, what does this look like in three months? How about this? Let's do, let's do a, a, a six-week run. Let's have these goals, and then we're going to take three weeks off to see how those goals go. And then we'll touch base to see if we need to meet back. So it gives you kind of a loop out, but also it lets him know, hey, there's something you're going to be working on. And also it provides accountability because if you set these goals and I wouldn't just set end goals, I'd set quarterly, you know, and if if he's failing to do them, then you can say, Hey, listen, if this is going to work, then we have to at least be with some accountability built into it, you know? So that way you do offer yourself a, Hey, Maybe we need to take a break. We've been doing this a while. You seem like you might be a little busy right now. And I think that is a really good use of, like I said, setting some goals, provides accountability. It gives you a way to make this stuff applicable in his life. Um, And I think that it gives you an option to push pause if you need to as well.
3: Yeah, because if you commit to an hour a week with someone open-ended, you might as well just start a podcast. For real. (laughs) I
2: would just say, like, get it in your mind that discipleship like this um, is not so much about exchange of information from you to him, but it's about like walking together as you help him see the kind of a person who wants to grow um, in their, you know, in their walk with Jesus and for him to become that kind of a person. So growing in what kind of a person you are doesn't always have to be about like reading a book or studying the Bible or whatever it can also just be about you know invite this guy over for dinner with you and your family so he can see the kind of a person that you are with your wife and kids or that the kind of a person that you are when you go to the hospital and you don't have to make it like a lesson just let him be with you
1: yeah i know in student ministry we used to tell people the leaders when they were like how do we how do we foster relationships with our students and i would always tell them like hey when you are going to your grocery store run And there's a student on the way to that grocery store, pick that student up and go grocery shopping with them. And that sounds like really dumb and mundane to you as the adult before that student, this is like an interesting thing. And there will be natural questions that will come up. They'll see you in a position that you will have to demonstrate your faith. And, and it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to like, it's going to shape them more than just going through a book. Now I'm not saying whoever this, this guy is that you're discipling. Next time you go to Costco, pick them up. Maybe that's what it looks like, but maybe what it looks like is like what everyone's been saying: like inviting them over for dinner, um, involving them in your hobbies. You know, like uh, uh, I know a guy who, when they disciple someone, uh, there's a there's a there's a a, a guy out the uh, next city over. He does um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. and he's like, whenever he's like meeting up with a new guy, he like brings them to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. and they like fight, <laughs> but like through that like camaraderie of like wrestling and fighting or whatever they like have really meaningful deep conversations seeing that, that can only be discipleship is
3: a program that i would not participate in now if it was a <laughs> sure. let me show let's go through and sip different types of coffee and talk about which one we like better that would be my kind of thing your discipleship program needs to look like you doing mm-hmm. uh, you know it's if, not if how you got at, your
2: last staff member at your church
3: well that's how we got one yeah but but also like if it was like if I was like hey let's you and me go do brazilian jiu jitsu that would last about two sessions and i would be broken <laughs> and yet this dude that frank's talking about that's him so the yeah, way that you disciple yeah. somebody is you invite them to come alongside of you as you are doing what it is that you're doing anyway
1: yeah yeah you know for a lot of millennials a uh, millennial men like a lot of guys Play video games and like that's not weird anymore to be in your like late twenties, or early thirties. Don't waste your life. Call... Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> but first. like play. Yeah, I mean, you guys can say whatever. I've had such the deepest, meaningful conversations playing Call of Duty with some other men, and like you know, the the party chat would go into deep theological conversations that like could only happen while we are fighting zombies in Call of Duty. So
3: shooting each other uh, in the face. Yeah, in Jesus. So name.
1: I, 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 Speaking of what Andrew said, like a discipleship form I would never opt into. There's a a former pastor here who's now in Oregon. He would often like go to the mountains and like hike and stuff like that. And he would often ask me to come and I would often say no. But like there was a group of men who would join him into those hiking trips. And those men were so impacted by those opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, there's a season to read a book. There's a season to go through a study. Um, I often uh, read through a, like, layman's, a layman's like, um, systematic theology book with people to kind of go over, like, the, the, the main things about the doctrines that Christians believe in. But I often found, like, real practical life is helpful. But like Andrew said, and, and Jeff had the same question I did. It's like, it, at first I thought this question was, like, this person is, like, kind of, you know, becoming, like um, – person that's becoming like an invasive species in his life and like was kind of sucking the energy out of everything and like wasn't you know it it started off as a discipleship relationship but it was becoming too taxing because he was demanding so much of him and then the question just started turning into like hey what's a good discipleship program i think whatever discipleship program do you know that that you want to be sustainable has to be something that's authentically you like andrew says um and i would find it that it won't be taxing it won't be a burden if it's something that you're actually interested in and and literally doing life with that person. So, any other thoughts for this for this person asking this question? Because if not, the conversation's gonna continue over at the Practically Pastoring Facebook group. Again, we are 60 people away from hitting 1,000. And when we hit 1,000, you know what's gonna happen? I don't know, because we haven't talked about it as a group of guys. But maybe something will happen, maybe tim will personally invite you to join him to a jaguars game wow. it might happen probably won't but um but there's tons of uh of of, of space for your friends people that you know to join our facebook group find us on instagram follow all of us individually we love talking to you we'll see you next week my name is frank
0: i'm jeff i'm delmar
3: i'm andrew
1: and i'm timothy miller And this is Practically Pastoring. See you next week. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Get connected to other pastors by joining the Practically Pastoring Facebook group, where we get to share ideas and make each other better.